Today, what we're going to talk about on the podcast is Pest Control Marketing 101 and how you can dominate in your local market area. You own a pest control company and marketing and advertising ain't what it used to be. Just so you know, software and millennials are not the answer. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. Our passion is to teach you online and digital marketing without all the techno babble. Oh, it still takes hard work, sales, and a sprinkle of tech, but we'll teach you how to do it in simple terms. Let's do this. Let's get on with the show. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast, and this is your host, Casey Lewis. All righty. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. My name is Casey Lewis. I'm your host for this episode. And I'm a little discombobulated. I'm sorry. I was having some trouble getting this. I've got a Rode Podcaster. That's what I use to create these podcast episodes. And it was something wasn't working right. So I had to go on to YouTube, find a video, and kind of take it all back to step one. Anyway, what today I really want to touch on is a basic overview of pest control marketing and how if you want to be the best pest control company in your market area and dominate in local search, and understand how to navigate through all of these different things that are available today to help you grow your pest control business, how you can kind of weave and bob and duck your way through all of that and really figure out what should I be spending my money on? How much money should I be spending? Should I be spending any money at all? And we'll talk a little bit about some old school advertising and marketing, and then what in today's day and age is commonly referred to as inbound marketing, which gets a lot more into the digital side, so the Google side and all of the online side of marketing and advertising. And I want to just take a moment to go through all of that. I'm going to take my time, and this is one of those episodes, if you have a notepad and some paper you might you might want to get it handy. There's a lot of stuff that I'm going to cover here and I'm going to cover it at a high level because each and every one of the things we'll go through here today can and definitely will be its own podcast episode. Um I've told many of you in the past podcast episodes that my name is Again, Casey Lewis, and my email is Casey, which is spelled C-A-S-E-Y, at rhinopros.com. You're welcome at any time to send an email over, and either myself or if it's a question that requires somebody else, we'll get back to you. We're not going to try to sell you anything. There's no um, gimmicks, no hooks. This is what we do. We work in in the environment with our pest control partner companies. We 
work with one pest control company in each market area in the USA. Now, obviously, we don't have a pest control company in every market in the USA right now, but that's our goal. We're working in that direction, and we don't want to work with more than one company in any given area for obvious reasons. Um, The things that we'll talk about in this podcast are things that you would want to do, and we'll work with you on that if we were working with you. And so it's not going to work out for us if we have multiple pest control companies in one market area. But let's, let's start out by making some distinctions on marketing and advertising in today's day and age, 2022. And if you've listened to some of these, my other episodes, you know that Once upon a time, I actually started in marketing and advertising with the yellow pages. And I would work with many, many home service businesses on their advertising long before there was Google and social media and smartphones and all the rest of this. There was really the yellow pages, which in my mind is sort of the original Google without all the bells and whistles and technology. And then there was, there was the rest of it. Um, and those, those are things like, you know, television ads, radio ads, billboards, direct mail, and a whole host of things, which we'll break it down here because, uh, in my, I, I, and maybe I'm a little different this way. I don't think that outbound marketing and advertising or traditional or old school is worthless. I think there's a lot of it that can still be very, very valuable to you while you're growing your business in a local market area. But let's get into this. So the difference um, between inbound and outbound marketing, it's really attracting new customers, inbound is, as a sort of magnetic effects. In other words, you want to be where they are, where they're going, where they're looking, and then attract them to you without really having to reach out and chase them around or the megaphone effect, if you will, like we did in the old days before there was Google, before there was anywhere to go other than the yellow pages. So when, you, when you're thinking about this, I want to, I want to kind of break this down. Inbound marketing is, for the most part, most of your online sources, Google being the main one, social media being one of the others, and and there are lots of other things. There's paid online platforms, things like Yelp and YP.com and Nextdoor, HomeAdvisor, Thumbtack, etc. And then there's also organic search, whereby you can just do a search, something as simple as on Google is pest control near me and come up there and get a free click and get um, some traffic that way. There's methods, strategies, and techniques you need to use to be that company that's coming up on um, Google that way or Bing or Yahoo for that matter. And we'll get into it a little bit here, but as I said, each and every single one of those things, so search engine, um, optimization, advertising online, etc., are all inbound 
strategies, different things you can do. Um, and they would be on the other side of what is referred to as outbound marketing or traditional marketing or old school marketing. And when we're talking about pest control, you you don't have that many things that I would suggest that you're really doing for outbound marketing unless you're an awful big company and you've got a really, really big advertising and marketing budget. But things that are still pretty good and you can make some return on are direct mail, door hangers. You can do local trade show events, things like home improvement shows and garden shows that are great for attracting some new business. And then depending on how big the market you you are in and whether it's workable, you can do local television cable networks and local radio networks. Now, again, that is going to revolve around if you're in a real large, large market area, those things are going to be really expensive. If you're in a smaller market area, they can sometimes be a, a really viable and uh a valuable way to attract new business. So you've got inbound, digital, online, you've got outbound, more traditional direct mail door hangers. And what I will say to you, and this reminds me many years ago, working in Yellow Pages, just as a sales rep, I, through time, became um an executive overseeing the nationwide sales force. But way back in the beginning, what I really remember was going out and working with, in this case, let's just say pest control owners. And when you went and you sat down with them and you're going to devise their Yellow Pages advertising strategy for the upcoming year, you had to consider all of the various headings that might apply, things like pest control, bird control, termite control. There were several different headings and how much money should I spend in each. And then if you're in a a market area where it was served by, say, several different phone books, you then had to decide, well, how many phone books do I go in? And do I do a big ad everywhere? Do I spread my budget around thin? You know, how should I go about this and what should I do? And it's the same thing today. I've got online. I've got inbound. I've got outbound. I've got direct mail. I've got 15 sales reps calling me every day saying that their thing, whatever it is, is the one thing that's going to work and make me money. And I'm going to look at this as the same way that I used to look at this in working with pest control owners once upon a time. And in those days, we had what we referred to as a vertical strategy or a horizontal strategy. Excuse me, I took a drink there. But a vertical strategy might be, hey, I'm just a um, working in a small area. I don't go too far out. There's really only one phone book in my area. And I want to dominate the pest control um, heading in the yellow pages in that area. So my vertical strategy might say, well, buy the biggest ad that's in there, buy the full page, the double truck, so that everybody that comes into that phone book in that area, in that heading of pest control, 
you completely dominate it and you're going to get the lion's share of the business. And that was one strategy. Now, another one would be a horizontal strategy, which would say, well, you know what? Uh, a good example might be in Southern California and Orange County area. I think at one point there were 13 different telephone directories all over the place. And so you're sitting here going, all right, well, how am I going to break this down? Which one is going to be priority one, priority two, priority three? When do I get to the point of breaking the bank on my budget? So with a horizontal strategy, it really was how far out can I go and still be effective? Because in any marketing and any advertising, what I'll always stand by is if you don't dominate somewhere and you sprinkle it out and try to do a little bit everywhere, you will end up spending equal to or more money than you would in one place dominating by going in 10 places a little bit and not getting anything because you're getting out outpaced by your own competitors and others. So just in terms of thinking about this, I'll always sway you or try to persuade you to dominate somewhere. And, you know, get a return on your investment, make money on your marketing and your advertising, and then do the same thing later when you're ready. It really does work the best to do that in in terms of of um, creating a strategy and a budget for what to do with a limited amount of money. Okay, if you are in a place where you believe that your marketing, your advertising are costing you money and you're losing money, and you're just doing it because you feel like you should then you probably need to stop doing that and take a step back and rethink it. Your marketing and your advertising should make you money. It should return more money than you spent. Now, I also know in pest control, it can sometimes get a little complicated. And the reason for that is that we are paying advertising and marketing monies right now this month, and we're selling products that oftentimes we won't collect the full annual amount for 12 months. And so with that, when you're creating that budget, you have to figure out your break-even point. So where do I start to see a profit from the money I'm spending out or putting out now based on the monies that are coming in monthly? And oftentimes it may take 12 months worth of investment and get into month 13, 14, 15 before you really start to see that grow and compound itself. But it will get there, and it should. And if it doesn't, I wouldn't waste my money on it. And let's let's um, let's talk a little bit about how, knowing that there's a couple of different kinds of marketing and advertising, knowing that we want to make money on it, we don't want to spend money on it, how can I really start to break things down in terms of what am I going to do? What are the things that I'm going to do to make sure that I and my pest control company can be the very best in this market? Not just that I'm saying it, but we are. So I'm going to start out with something kind of silly. It's not really silly. It just seems silly. 
And that is, I'm going to ask some questions here. And I would like you to really think about this and consider this for a minute. Step back from from it for a moment. Put down your defense. You're just listening to me. We aren't looking at each other. So, but here's a question for you. Why would I choose your pest control company over any or all of the others that are in your marketplace? That's something that before you start marketing and advertising and spending budget, you need to know the answer to that. And then that answer is often referred to as a unique sales proposition. A unique sales proposition is that thing that is unique to you and your company and makes you stand out in your marketplace. And it can't just be something, you know, we had one company and he had... um, He had an old saying that came out of his Yellow Page ads, and I think it was um, simply the best. And he really, really liked that because he had obviously had been doing it for years, but it didn't mean anything to anybody. And I had a real difficult time working with him to get him to understand that just saying simply the best really didn't convey any sort of value to me as a potential consumer. It certainly didn't tell me why you were different and unique and what special things I could get by doing business with you that were going to make me want to consider and ultimately select you over everybody else. So I'm going to give you a few bullet points here, and it it would be great if you wrote these down and really gave it some thought. If now's not the time, maybe later. But how and why are you unique? In what way are you different from your competitors? Why should I buy from you rather than somebody else? And why should I care about you or anything that you sell, for that matter? And those are questions that are very, very important that get answered in all of your marketing and in all of your advertising. And that unique sales proposition, that value statement, whatever you really want to call it, really should be simple. And what we want to do is make sure that it answers these three things. Buy from us and you will get this specific benefit. You need to think about what that is. Make a promise that your competitors cannot or do not offer. And really think through that. Anybody can say, well, we'll give you $5 off the initial service. We'll do this, we'll do that. It really needs to be deeper than that. And I'll I'll give you an example. I read in one, I don't even know which book I was reading. It was one of our marketing books that I was reading. And a guy was talking about a, a company and they were a general contractor. And their unique sales proposition or value statement was very simply 
that we will clean up after every time we show up on the job. And these guys had, you know, super duper vacuum cleaners. And that was what they did. And they did that because what they had found out was one of the chief complaints. And you can look at reviews to find out what some of the chief, chief complaints are about other competitors in your market area was that these general contractors would come and they'd work there for a week or two or whatever. And they would leave junk and sawdust and nails and crap all over everywhere. And people really didn't like that. And that last bullet point here is your promise has to win over customers. So it has to be unique enough. It has to be solid enough that people are going to say, I'm going to go do business with that company if that's really what they do. So in the case of this general contractor, it was as simple as something that we clean up. And we bring a broom and we bring a vacuum cleaner and we clean up when we leave. And then when we come back and make another mess, we clean up before we go home. So think about that for a moment. You know, put your thinking cap on. Really think about in pest control, in your market, in your area, what do people really just get frustrated with, with companies? And think about maybe the most, one of the most dramatic examples of our time And it was Domino's Pizza, right? How did they start that whole thing? Well, we'll have your pizza there in 30 minutes or it's free. So they identified an issue. People were pissed off. They order their pizza. They don't get it for an hour and a half. They're not hungry by the time it gets there or it's cold. So they made a dramatic offer, an offer obviously to win over customers. And that offer or promise was very simply that, hey, if you don't get your pizza in 30 minutes, we're not going to charge you for it. That also put a fire under the company they had to perform. So think about that for a minute. Think about in your market, in your area, what can you say or promise that's going to win customers because it's going to make you so much different than your competitors that they dare not even do it. So that's just a challenge for you. And as, as, we, as we move on in this, this episode, just talking about what is it going to take from a marketing and an advertising standpoint to be the very best and most dominant pest control company in your market or in the markets that you serve. The next question really might be, how committed are you to being the best? It's easy to say, I want to be the best. It's easy to think you're the best. It's easy to listen to your family members tell you you're the best. But are you really? Are you really? Are you the biggest, the baddest, the one that everybody talks about, the one that everybody recommends to their friends and their family? Are people talking about you in the community that you're that good? Well, let's let's break this down as well when we really take a look at this, and that is, what is the appearance of your company? So if you didn't know your company and you drove by and you saw the office or you walked in or you met one of the technicians at Subway having a sandwich or something like that, what is that appearance? And we're talking technicians, 
We're talking to front office personnel. We're talking about you, your trucks and your equipment. Do you have an employee badge that identifies who you are within the company? Those are things that sound silly. And they may even annoy you. And you think, uh, you know, we're a pest control company. What's the big deal? Well, it's a really big deal. And I'll use an example. Back in the, I don't know, the early 80s, the Yellow Pages, again, before Google, was having issues because there were stories about um, ladies calling home service companies, carpet cleaners, pest control, electricians, you know, plumbers, and these guys would have unsavory people on the payroll showing up and a couple ladies got assaulted. And it, it was really creating a problem for companies and, and potential customers who were worried about, am I going to get some convict that shows up or who's going to actually show up to the house? And so in those days, um, I was in Northern California and I worked with a company called Clark Pest Control. I worked with a man named Joe Clark there out of Lodi, California, many, many years ago. And we put together a campaign, and it was called uh, Clark, We Need You, and it was kind of tongue-in-cheek around Clark Kent, Superman. But they also created a whole new look for their company, caps, um, uni- uh, the shirts they were wearing, the pants they wore, the fact that they were wearing a badge with their company logo and their picture on it on the front. They really just cleaned up their act, if you will, and put forth a great public image. And so I'm not going to overemphasize this, even though it's that important. What is the general appearance of you and your team, your and your trucks and everything else as far as the local consumer market is concerned. It certainly is valuable enough that if you're not sure, you should find out. You can do polls. You can do different things to to determine that. Uh, Anyway, now, talking about being the best, one of the challenges that many pest control companies will face is what do you do about a bad review? What do you do? You ignore it? Do you make excuses and think that the customer's just a pain in the you-know-what? Do you answer it? How do you answer it? Or, like one of, my cust- one of our clients that we have here, takes it to the extreme. And when they get a bad review, he drives out and he visits the customer to find out what it is that they did wrong to ensure or assure that customer that it's not going to happen again, it's going to get fixed, and gets on with it. So are you, and is everyone working for you, committed to being the best? Are you going to do things that seem too much? Like going and visiting a bad complaint to make up with them and see if you can get them to revisit that complaint or that bad review? 
is everybody that's working for your company, are they all trained to answer and resolve any of the questions, complaints, and concerns that may be coming your way every day? And that includes you. So these are the kinds of things when we talk about a unique sales proposition. And then we talk about being committed to not only being the best, but looking the best. How far are you willing to go? Because all of these things are really, really important before you start doing any real hardcore marketing or advertising. And I say this to you, it's it's almost a little self-serving because one of the things that we have the most difficulty with And that is taking on a new client that's got a bad reputation and a bad appearance. For us, there's nothing that's more difficult than that because before we ever get started, we have to work on the client to get him to take a look in the mirror and help us help him because if that's what we're working with, it's really tough to overcome. So before you really start getting out there with your your marketing plan, your goals, your blueprint, take a hard look at what's happening today, right now with your company. And I don't want to go too far with this because certainly most of you, these things are maybe not issues, maybe a little bit here and there, just need to be rethought because um, you maybe just haven't had the time to take a look at this. And certainly these are the kinds of things that we help you with. But those really need to be thought through before you start really going for it in your market. Get those things straight. And now let's take a a transition here. And let's talk a little bit about online marketing domination. Again, we talk a lot about Pest control marketing domination. And what we really mean by that, what we're trying to accomplish with that is to do everything better than everyone else, pest control wise, in your marketplace and offer up everything that the market wants to consume. So, for example, in today's day and age, green options eco-friendly, kid and pet friendly. These types of things are big. They're really big. And um, if you get too stubborn about it and don't acknowledge it, you're going to be losing market share to somebody else that's wise enough to see that regardless of what I personally think about the differences between green and organic pest control versus chemical, My job will be to educate the marketplace, but make available to them whatever they're willing to pay for. So let's talk about the 10 essential elements to online market domination. And we have a guide for this. You can go to our website, which is rhinopestcontrolmarketing.com. And you'll see this 
It's called the Ultimate Internet and Online Marketing Checklist, which will outline many of the things in more detail that I'm going to review right now. But more importantly, there's a number of different guides that will give you help in specific areas. Any of these 10 areas, certainly. But the, the 10 things that you've got to master to dominate the market in pest control in your area or region is number one, it starts with your website. And I have another podcast episode you're welcome to go listen to that's dedicated just to that. And it's a big topic. So I'm not going to go through the details of your website here. But if you don't have what we refer to as a smart pest control website, then you need to fix that numero uno, number one. Number two is then SEO or search engine optimization which is what is the element that's going to drive traffic to your website and those pages you have developed specifically for target pests and services. It's an extremely important element. It's one of those things where you've got all of these self-imposed gurus and all this mystery shrouded around it It's not mysterious, it's just hard work. And we also have a guide on this. It will break it down, define it for you, what needs to be getting done to make sure that when people are searching in the local market for pest control and related services, target pests and otherwise, that your pest control website is one of those that comes up um, and hopefully on the first page. You then have social media, number three. And as much as we all, I don't don't know what you think about social media. I'm an old guy. I don't use too much of it. I do use Facebook um, to watch my kids' posts and, you know, friends, old friends with their kids and grandkids and things like that. But I'm not on there really getting my news or getting too much. But what I would say to you is regardless of what I may think or you may think, Social media is a big deal, a big, big deal. The statistical numbers on the people that are on social media, that are making buying decisions on social media, that are referring to reviews on social media is so enormous that it cannot be ignored. Then number four would be Google tools. And there are a number of different free Google tools We actually refer to it as becoming friends with Google. But you need to master all of these tools, connect them all to your website, learn how to use them. If you don't specifically want to do that, you need to have somebody around you or working with you that can show you how Google Analytics works, for example, how the Google Search Console works, for example, how to set up a Google Ads dashboard and business account, even if you're not advertising. You should have it set up, ready to go. Same thing with Google local search ads. So there um, are all kinds of free Google tools, many of them very, very robust in the information and the metrics and KPIs they can provide to you so you can understand 
what's happening with the things you're doing as they relate to online, online search, and in this case, Google specifically. Now, number five, your reviews and your reputation. If you don't take this seriously and you're not working on it continuously, it's costing you money and you don't even know it. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is you need to be more concerned with the people that did not select you because of the number of good reviews you had or did not select you because you only had a few and a couple of them were bad. In today's day and age, there is so much emphasis placed on reviews and consumers in the pest control market always look at your reviews. They look at some of your competitors' reviews, and without question, the decision on who they who they decide to do business with is made oftentimes as a result of the reviews you do or do not have. So if you don't have a solid review strategy and you don't make it a grassroots part of your business so that you are getting good reviews every single week, even every day, depending on the size of your company, the number of routes, the number of technicians. But this has to be going on with you all day, every day, all the time. And if it does, this can be part of the sweat equity that you can get new business simply by virtue of the fact that a lot of your accounts and your customers like you and are willing to say they like you and why they like you. And that will be more valuable to you than most of any of the advertising or other things you can do if it's showing up right there on Google in your local market. Then email marketing, and we can kind of, as an offshoot, include text and messaging as well. But this is very inexpensive, very effective marketing that you can use. And I'll just use a small example. On one of our accounts, we have grown their summer mosquito suppression uh, program to, I believe it's over a thousand now. We're just by sending out email marketing each year, we get them back, opted in, in March through October and they do in their in this case that I'm thinking about, they actually use into care, and I'm not promoting that one way or another. I'm just saying as a strategy, using this and using email and text messages, they now have about a thousand people at least every year that are renewing up their mosquito suppression service where they come by and do service and so forth, and it's not a full year. It's during the months of the summer. You can also use email marketing to do just follow-ups. When people come to your website, you can automatically trigger a friendly, courteous email that goes out and says, Hi, notice that you found us here on um, our website or you were searching our website. And I'd like to tell you a little bit more about us. And here, here's a video. We can talk more about that in a while if you want. Videos... Um, in my opinion, have come to the point of being essential. 
to a local pest control company looking to be a dominant force in the market. Then we have what's referred to as NAP consistency. NAP is an acronym that stands for name, address, and phone number. But that needs to be consistent throughout the internet and you need to log in and enroll in all of the different directories that are all over the internet in order to get citations and backlinks that link back to your website. Extremely important for your domain authority, extremely important for Google, who we want to be able to uh, view you as a subject matter expert, in this case, a pest control expert in your market area. So we use uh, actually a couple of software products. Bright Local is, is a really good one. So is Active Local. And we can even use those as well to set up your local voice search. So things like Alexa and Siri and Google search, uh, all are different things that are becoming extremely important as well now in today's um, modern technology. And that is to have voice search set up. So if someone just says, hey, Siri, can you find me? Or hey, Alexa, can you find me an exterminator or a pest control company near me? That once again, we are one of those particular choices. And number eight on our list is a content calendar. And that would include what we refer to as topic clusters. And for our content, we really revolve that almost entirely, not entirely, but almost entirely around your site, website pages, and that goes directly to your SEO, to a blog calendar that's broken down into topic clusters and video uh, on a YouTube channel that's posted regularly and is also uh, revolving around topic clusters. Uh, real quickly, what I'll tell you about a topic cluster is simply this. So cockroach control could be a single topic cluster. Um, pigeons and solar panel proofing could be a single topic cluster. It could be, let's see, we were talking about mosquitoes. Mosquito and summer care or summer prevention for mosquitoes. Keep your backyard free from mosquitoes could be another topic cluster. And the reason that we bring this up only, and again, this would, you can get more information on our website. But one of the mistakes that people will make in creating a content calendar for their content, blogging, video, site pages, whatnot, is to try and do all of the topics all at once and do one piece of content for each, which is, I don't want to say it's value less, but it's close. And you've seen these where somebody goes and they'll do three videos. And when you go to look at it, it's eight years old. And they've not, they never did another one. So what we're going to try to uh, convince you is to start with those areas where you um, are getting the most money in terms of a return for the service provided. So some, for example, out on the East Coast in the bigger cities in and around Manhattan and New York, bedbugs is a huge, huge deal. And so that would be a primary topic cluster in which you'd want to do a lot of blog articles, have definitive 
website pages and landing pages for bed bugs, have YouTube videos for bed bugs, all of it leading back to your site and growing your domain authority around that. And you could have numerous topic clusters. So scorpions in the desert, stink bugs in the Midwest, um, on and on, you know, um, Formosan termites in Florida. So depending on where you are, what you want to emphasize, what you want to make money on, you start topic cluster by topic cluster. You make money, you get a return, then you move to the next one. You don't stop on the original one. You just wait till you get to the point that you can see the strategy working and making you money. And number nine is online advertising. This is a big one. You may or may not want to online advertise. What I'll say to you is this. If you're going to advertise, do it right. Make money on it. Understand how it works. That's Google Ads. That can be Google Local Service Ads. It can be Bing Ads. Yelp Ads. Home Advisor. Angie. Nextdoor. You know, Thumbtack. The list goes on. And I'm sure you get calls from all of them on a regular basis. The primary thing here when you're going to do online advertising is to know how you have to set it up because each of these, and in social media, they have a whole business account that you have to set up. You have to know how to master and use. You have to know how to set up. If it's your keywords or your audiences, you have to know how to set those things up and do it right or don't do it because this is one area you can dump a whole lot of money into this slot machine before you ever get a return. So in this area, number nine of online advertising, I would strongly recommend that you find someone you trust and who comes with some good recommendations of their own to help you in this area before you go too deep. And then last, but not certainly not least, is number 10, and that's your sales process. And... Let me think what let me think the best way to express this. Cuz sales is my bag and at the end of my career as I said I had about 4000 sales reps between key account, outside, inside and then a call center. And what I can tell you without any question was the sales conversion rate meant more than anything else. So here's what I want you to think about. And I'll I'll break it down again. I'll ch- let's see if I can make this simple. So let's say that you got 10 leads. And those 10 leads, however it happened, cost you $100 a piece. So you spent $1,000 and you got 10 leads. They cost you 100 bucks a piece. These are just make-believe numbers. They're easy math is why I'm doing it. And now, out of those 10 leads, and this is what I will caution you on, leads are not sales. Don't chase leads. Chase sales. But of these 10 leads that you spent 100 bucks a piece or $1,000 for, Your conversion rate is how many actually became a customer and how much money did they spend. Now, ideally in pest control, we want that to be in the area of 50%. So that means in this case, 
50% of those 10, which would be five, came to me in the way of a sale. Now that means that my cost per sale was $200. And if that sale equaled me about a $600 average sale, that's three to one, that's not too bad. We want to do at least that. But that's with a 50% conversion rate. Now think about it if you're doing a 20% conversion rate. Now you got two sales for $1,000. They were $500 a piece. That was your cost per sale. And now all of a sudden, if you're spending $500 to get a $600 customer, you're very close to the point of not doing it because it's simply not worth it. But there's only one thing that changed here. You still got the same leads. The thing that changed here was, in fact, your conversion rate. You were converting 5 out of 10 as opposed to 2 out of 10. And I will say to you without any hesitation, working with pest control companies all day, every day, all over the United States, this is the issue. And many times when we come into a pest control company and start working with them and work on this issue, we can make them money without doing any marketing, doing anything. By just pointing out to them that whoever's answering the phones, the way they're answering the phones, the way we're responding back to the different customers, all of these things have to be managed and measured and improved. And there needs to be a training plan in place that says, how are we going to do this? How are we going to go from two to five? Why are we only closing two out of five? Well, there's a lot of reasons. And again, this is way deeper than we're going to do in the course of this podcast. But what I do want to say to you is those 10 elements, excuse me, those 10 elements. So your website, your SEO, your social media, your Google tools, your online reviews, your email marketing, your nap consistency, a content calendar, online advertising and marketing, and then your sales process have to be part of your game plan. I've said to many of you on other podcasts that I was a high school football coach for many, many years. And what I learned real quick as a young coach is you can't be good at any one thing in the game or you will not win. If you don't pay attention to all the little details, to all the positions on the field, to the impact they all have on the total game, then you'll never win. Yeah, you may, you know, you may have a star running back and he runs for lots of yards and you still lose. You may have a great quarterback and he can throw the ball like the Dickens, but you don't have a good defense. You'll still lose. You might have linebackers without a defensive line you'll still lose. So my point is, think about all this and think about where is it on your list of priorities? Are you managing it? Are you reviewing it? Do you have a strategy for all of it? And if you don't, you must. 
You really must, because if you're marketing, which is your game plan, doesn't include all of these things, and they all aren't mastered, and they all aren't done well, then your close rate's going to be 10%, and you're going to be breaking even at best on your marketing and advertising. You're going to be frustrated, and it's not going to work. So, you know, think about that for a minute. And I spent quite a bit of time on that, the online part, because that's really what we're doing nowadays. But I'm going to quickly run over something I also want you to think about, and that's your outbound elements. So the old school, the traditional, the direct mail, door hangers. I'm telling you, this direct mail now, the United States Postal Service has a thing they call every door direct mail. I think it's the coolest thing out there. You can go into the post office or the, the postal services website. You can go into your market. You can actually go see all of the postal routes by neighborhood. You can go into those neighborhoods. So you can go into the big money neighborhoods, the ones that you really would like to be dealing with, as opposed to the ones where they're all they want is pest control for you know, $20 for a one shot, but you can use this direct mail through the United States Postal Service and narrow it down right to the neighborhood you want. You don't pay postage. You actually get your whatever, you know, a nice big kind of oversized postcard, full color, nice advertisement. And you take it over to the post office and the postman just drops it off at every residence and or every business in that market area. Very cool. You can do similar with door hangers. Door hangers still work, and they're not that expensive. You get them out, and you know you go deliver a couple thousand, and you get 10 or 12 new customers. It's paid for the effort, and then some. And if you're a good company, those customers may stay with you for three to five years, which is an average in the industry. So local cable and local radio ads, so cables TV, I throw those out there. I'm not going to spend any time on those. Those really are going to revolve around you being in a smaller market where you can get cheap but good local coverage that way. Another thing that gets overlooked sometimes, and that's the wrapping of your vehicles. Are they wrapped so they look cool? Are they wrapped so they deliver that compelling, unique selling proposition to the marketplace? When you're driving down the road, can people see that phone number, see that website? Is it clear without any question that you're a pest control company, you're the best in the area, and here's why? And then what about clean uniforms and employee badges? Do your guys look good? Now, come on, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been to a number of trade shows in different states, and some of them are combined with training. So the technicians show up to go to that training. I'm not sure if I would want some of those guys to show up at my mom's house to service her house or my sister or my daughter. So I just, again, just a quick check, step back, take a look. What do you see? Because if you don't like what you see, I can assure you that Potential consumers and people out there also don't like it, and they're talking about it. Do you have great business cards for everybody on your team? 
that they can drop off wherever they need to, that give clear and concise information how to get a hold of you. And then last, what about trifold brochures? Do all your techs have some informational brochures in their truck that they can hand out for residential, for commercial, for specialty services? You know, we talked about the mosquito care, things about like solar, solar panel bird protection. These are all really, really good ideas and things that you can add to your arsenal of marketing and advertising that still will make you money. So I think with that, I'm approaching an hour. I don't like to do these shows that go over 45 minutes because I think I'm losing people and you're getting bored. But what I want to do is just say to you, I hope that this was helpful. I hope this gives you some stuff to think about. I hope it wasn't too boring. What I'm trying to say to you is like any championship team, you have to be better, look better, practice better, provide better service, do everything better than all of the competitors in your market. If you're not, you won't get there. These are the things that from a marketing company's perspective, if we get these things in place with a company, we know we can take them to the ultimate place of pest control marketing domination. My name's Casey Lewis, and I'll catch you the next time. I hope I didn't go too long here. And remember, you can email me anytime you want, Casey at rhinopros.com, and I'd be and I would love to talk about any of these issues with you and see if we can help you. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. If you own a pest control company anywhere in the country, by using our services, we will help you grow and prosper. Casey has 30 years in marketing and advertising under his belt. He managed and oversaw a sales force of 4,000 inside and outside sales reps tasked to work with every pest control owner in the USA. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Rhino Digital Media. Let us take your digital marketing to the next level. See you next time on the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast.